I'm Heather. And I'm Corey. And this is Movie Shelf, where we talk about movies, movie trivia, and just about anything related to pop culture. We're glad you're here. Corey, are your spidey senses tingling? Oh, they're tingling. (laughs) So in today's episode, we're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. We'll also chat about our picks of the week, movies coming out, and of course, we'll enjoy a side of bacon. Mmm, bacon. Spider-Man, Far From Home. Starts out with Peter Parker, aka Spider-Man. He's gearing up for a school trip to Paris. And really, he's also looking for a vacation from just being Spider-Man in general. He's kind of getting a little overwhelmed, you know. We're past Endgame, we're past, yeah. you know... Infinity <laughs> War and the Endgame. And yeah, he's just, he's he had a big year. And ironically, it was all of Peter Parker's closest friends that all happened to be in the 50% blink. That's not totally true. I mean, well, I guess his closest friends are. Yeah. In the blip. Yeah. The non-closer friends have to have the repercussions of not being in the blip. So he's preparing for vacation and for the school trip... And he kind of wants to take a break from being Spider-Man for a little bit. In fact, he doesn't even want to take his suit. Yeah, doesn't even bring the suit. He, he, he questioned it. He kind of looked at it and goes, eh. Yeah, so he goes on the trip. And of course, like any good superhero movie, trouble finds him. And so then we have entering the scene these devastating elemental monsters. And we also have a new character, Mysterio, enter the scene. Yes. As the new would-be hero. Right. So Mysterio is working with Spidey and Fury to defeat these monsters. And he seems to have a little bit more insight into these monsters than they do. Oh yeah, because they supposedly came from like his Earth, quote-unquote, came from, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I think he, he says that he's from one of the other Earths. Kind of in the multiverse. Which, minor spoiler, ended up being a huge lie. (laughs) So as we're alluding to, things are not quite as they appear. So, Corey, what did you like about the film? Hmm. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to preface. I will preface that we went to this movie with ridiculously high expectations. Super high expectations. I mean, we saw Spider-Man Homecoming and, we were and adored it. Yes. We saw it with my brother as we were leaving the theater. He's like, I'm ready to go see it right now again. And, and in my opinion, it was the best live-action Spider-Man movie to date after Homecoming came out. So yeah. it blew every other live-action Spider-Man movie out of the water as far as I'm concerned. And not only that, we're, sure. we're familiar with the villain Mysterio. Yes. So we were excited for this villain because we knew what type of villain he is. And so again, our expectations were very high. And I wonder if another thing that put Homecoming a little bit more over the top was that it was the first part of the movie to be incorporated with the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All the other ones were definitely far and separate from it. So this was Spider-Man's first time being included in, well, for the first Spider-Man movie, Friend to be included because yeah. it was included in the Civil War. And, yeah. and then, of course, Infinity War, which was after the... But that was after the fact. Right. Now, but with Homecoming, they also were very clever with how they incorporated everything. You oh, know, especially yeah. with just the start of the film with the, the cell phone video recordings. And I think they kept a little bit of that with this film. You know, it prefaced, or the movie opens with them explaining 
the blip, yeah, explaining the, the, the snap the of whatever happened. The snap and the ones that came out from the snap and so forth. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was super clever. It was really nice to see how it just again continues to be interwoven into the MCU. You, you know, Happy's in there talking all about Tony and and things of that nature. So it's nicely still fit. To, it nicely still fits together. They even had this little joke to where one of the kids that came back after the snap tried to get an alcoholic drink. And they're like, hey, hey, he's really five years younger than what his driver license said because he's a, he, he's a snappy or something like that. You know? Yeah, so. something, something funky. <laughs> so I think that was our our first problem. And it's 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 such an annoyance sometimes when you have high expectations. Sometimes I prefer having low expectations when I go see movies. So for this one, our expectations were not quite met. Now... We did definitely enjoy the movie. It was it was fun. I think I actually enjoyed the bantering of of the students together, and the teachers were just weird and oh quirky. yeah, that was a lot of fun. And the visuals were really cool, and the way they were kind of saying that they're making all these element, you know, making all the monsters was really cool. Yeah. It just again for whatever reason it didn't have quite the level of magic as Homecoming did. That. But and and also, I, there was a very different take for Mysterio than what I grew up with Mysterio being. Because, you know, with my growing up, Mysterio was always, you know, as soon as he came out, boom, I'm the bad guy. Rawr, you know. <laughs> and, and so it was, a, it was a really different twist, having to come off as being a, a hero for the f- good portion of, of the movie. Yeah, he's kind of like Syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He was definitely pulling a, a Syndrome at first. But, you know, Mysterio is always using illusion to his advantage he just had a totally different you know it, it, to me it wasn't too much askew from what, what i grew up seeing so it was still very much mysterious to do using what he has to his advantage and maybe i just also feel a little cheated like i mean i was pretty confident that mysterio was supposed to be a bad person but for most of the movie you have gillenhall being seemingly a good person yeah but you find he was really bad the whole time so it definitely still fits i know i'm just saying yeah. i might feel a little cheated too like you know like uh, if you're gonna be good be good if you're gonna be bad just own up to him be bad <laughs> well there's definitely a, a plan and reason for him doing i understand things, i understand so. but maybe that maybe it's also i like jake gyllenhaal and i'd rather him just be a good guy <laughs> i guess i don't know who knows it, it, did it sour that 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 they they're making him a good guy and then and then they changed it and then turned him into a bad guy? Did, did that sour a little bit? For well, you? or maybe it, it's not so much that it's maybe I just wanted him more in a different direction. So you know, actually, like looking back on my little note here, I meant you know I was my thinking initially was that Mysterio did play out kind of as expected. You know, yeah. we and you even heard us talk I think about this movie in an, in a coming soon segment in a previous episode where. We were pretty confident how we expect Mysterio to turn out. I mean, obviously the details we didn't have. However, I think what I wanted was him to be darker. I almost wanted like DC level Mysterio versus, mm-hmm. you know, Marvel level Mysterio. Yeah. And I think that's where it is, where you have the, you know, a big chunk of the movie, him, you know, playing a good guy. And, and it seems that he's even, you know, fooling fury and it's like really you're gonna feel you know fool nick fury then you have a big chunk where everything's revealed and you know he's a bad guy and it's just like oh one thing that kind of brought it down a notch for me a little bit was that so mysterio was supposedly working for nick fury or aka shield or whatever the remnants of shield was but you know nick fury he just doesn't let anybody up and join he does a lot of research on who he's letting join his team mm-hmm. and they never explained whether 
mysterious premise to Nick Fury was whether it was his powers all mechanical, all embedded in a suit, or are his powers mystical in nature, a little bit more like Doctor Strange, or is it all like just like Iron Man type stuff? He never explained what his ability was. Mm -hmm. So we never knew if Nick Fury supposedly had an understanding of what his abilities were. Right. So or was it's he like, just always oh, skeptical. you shoot these rays out of your hands. I don't know how, I don't know why, but you're in. And that just, I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, it felt a little off. In fact, for a moment I was thinking, is this all just maybe part of Mysterio's plan? But it wasn't. I agree. That kind of felt a little off. It didn't yeah, feel it, it, quite yeah, yeah. genuine didn't, didn't quite, The jigsaw piece just didn't quite fit there for me a little bit. So I think I talked about this when we watched Shazam, that I liked it. I like when the, the superhero character can be a little bit more open you know, rather than carry this burden of not being able to tell anyone. Uh, of ultimate secrecy. <laughs> right. And so in this one, and I think it's very evident in the previews that we know that Aunt May and this Spider-Man storyline is on the up and up. That she oh. knows he's Spider-Man. Well, she was on the up and up from, since the very ending of <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> yeah. So, so for you know throughout the entire movie, you know she knows, and yeah. you know, and it's and I think that's nice. And then plus, again, you have Happy coming into the story, and of course, he knows everything, and it's just again nice that he doesn't have to totally carry that full burden. Um, however, I don't know if that's going to change toward the end with the. There is um it's not it wasn't a post credit scene I think it was just the very last scene of the movie which actually kind of excited us because there was a returning familiar face in the <laughs> Spider Man world. Yes, I was excited to see that. Yeah, so we enjoy that. So definitely um keep an eye out for that when whenever you guys get to see it. If it's you it's a nostalgic it. return from the original Spider Man movies. Yes. So yes. And one that I was glad to see return. <laughs> yes, and he he plays that role so well. Yes, he does. So one thing that. I noticed, and I mean, this has been talked about often, obviously, Tony Stark's character, or the character of Tony Stark, kind of has taken on, you know, Spider-Man as kind of his mentee, you know, trying to, like, mold him and shape him and build him up, and I think that you saw that even continue in this movie, even though Tony's not there, you know, you watch Happy kind of showing um, Peter Parker where all the little gadgets and tools are and he's just, you know, watching him and all like putting everything together and he's like, oh, it's like a little Tony. And so I know there's a lot of references and allusions to this particular Spider-Man basically becoming the next Iron Man or something of that sort, kind of taking on that Iron Man mantle. And Corey, you may have more details to that. Is that something that follows through the comic long oh, books? not to my knowledge. In fact, you know, one thing I was kind of thinking of is that Tony Stark, he's a figurehead of many figures, okay? He's the figure <laughs> of, uh, of Stark Incorporated, which, to my knowledge, he's not giving the whole Stark Corporation guy. So, to, you know, to my knowledge, Pepper Potts is still running right. the Stark Company. So, but the Stark Company was all kind of the underground funding for all of Iron Man's Iron Maniacs, if you will. Uh, everything that he was, you know, doing and making for there. So, it, it's, it's a little unclear just how much of that technology and corporation he's handing over to Peter Parker. You know, so, but obviously he's giving him a pretty good chunk, but it's, it's, it's kind of not clear how much of Stark is being taken over by, by Peter Parker and how much is being left controlled by 
Pepper Potts, mm-hmm. who's doing, I guess, the, the main non-hero corporation side of the company. Maybe the the hero side of the company is maybe being handed over to Peter Parker. That, that that's my my best guess from what I'm seeing here, but it's kind of hard to tell. And maybe he's leaving his his uh, right hand man um, happy. Yeah, happy Hogan as as a uh, okay. You now work work for uh, Peter. You know, <laughs> so. Mm, that's how yeah. to be handled. Not sure. It's not very clear, but it's uh, interesting where that's going to go. Yeah. And maybe it's more so he sees that, or that Tony Stark saw that Peter Parker is so creative on, you know, how to use technology and he has such a good heart and he just sees that that, that being an asset to carry that new mission of Stark yeah. Industries forward. And so maybe that's where he's kind of going, you know, giving him the keys to the tech, essentially, and seeing what amazing things he can come up with. And it's interesting because, you know, uh, Tony Stark has evidently made a whole bunch of AI personalities. You know, the first one being um, Jarvis, of course. Mm -hmm. And then when Jarvis became Vision, there was a a female character named Friday. And then um, I think Peter named the one that was in his suit that was given to him in Homecoming. And, you know, that just goes to... To um, Tony Stark's mentality. So the, the the latest one they gave Peter. Edith, right? Yeah, Edith. And Edith stands for, even dead, I'm the hero. His <laughs> 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 you know, narcissistic continues beyond the grave, you know? <laughs> so that just reminded me that, you know, when we were watching the, the film, and I can't remember what the homecoming AI for Peter Parker was, but I know that it was voiced by Jennifer Connelly. So and I guess it, it, it we didn't even get that. He came nameless at first. He said, well, you can name me whatever you want. And I can't remember what he named yeah, her I can't at remember. that moment. But I guess because he didn't have his suit, he didn't have her yes. in this film. So there was no Jennifer Connelly in this but, film. So there was a new one that came in the glasses. Yes, and she's, she's pretty destructive. <laughs> <laughs> she was pretty quick to pull the trigger. <laughs> All right, Corey, what's the verdict? Does it make the movie shelf or not? No. I guess you do your own real music for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so th- this may sound odd, but I'm going to say it barely makes the shelf. But it makes the shelf. I think I might be on the same wavelength as you. My my answer is sure. <laughs> and pretty much because I wasn't as enthused with this one as Homecoming, as we've already been discussing. But I'll vote to keep it on the shelf to keep the saga intact. And it's still a lot better than many of the other live-action Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Including both amazing Spider-Man movies. <laughs> and, you know, and like I know that our daughter, she saw it, and her expectations for it were not as high... By any means, as ours. So she definitely enjoyed it. Okay. So ultimately, it was a it's a definitely fun movie. I think I definitely recommend it to see again if you haven't already seen it. It just for we didn't as again we had super high yeah, expectations. Super high expectations because the the last one was just so super awesome mm-hmm. on all levels. So for us, it wasn't really they weren't quite met, but it definitely was just fun. I did think it was funny. My, um, I call her my ghost coworker because she introduced me to the Ghost in the Shell original animated movies, which we loved. Yeah, those are super cool, and I thought it was funny. Who and she's normally a person that stays on the up and up 
on pop culture and movies. Superhero movie. Yeah, and so I had asked her a little while ago, like, if she had seen the movie yet, and she hadn't. And then fast forward, like, a week or two, she let me know that she had seen it. But apparently she hadn't seen Endgame. (laughs) What? I know. I was like, oh, that's not good. So So even if she somehow avoided... All the media on yeah, Iron totally Man got dying, and when it, she, it, she amazingly avoided all that. That got blown to smithereens and far from home. Yes. Oh what? So, what Iron Man's dead? What? Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, now you know that. But yes, PSA: If you have not seen Endgame, definitely watch Endgame before seeing Far From Home. <laughs> that way, you can enjoy all that they're describing with regarding this whole blip thing. Yes. Well, Corey, I have some Spider-Man trivia for you. More trivia? Yes, we're wow. going to do another game. Okay. Or trivia game, because, again, we like all things pop culture trivia sometimes. Let's see if I can keep my Spider-Man... Fan card? Fan club card. I would hope so. I mean, you've been a Spider-Man fan since maybe you were, like, what, five? <laughs> <laughs> yep, you even have pictures of me as probably a five-year-old jumping around my Spider-Man shirt. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some quotes. and quotes. okay. Movie quotes. And you need to let me know if it's Toby, Andrew, or Tom. Now, it may not be... It's not them necessarily talking, but it's their movies. So, either the Toby Maguire Spider-Man movie. Okay. Or the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Okay. Or the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. And would this by any chance include movies like... Infinity War, Endgame, no, and, just the main Spider-Man War? movies. Oh, okay, just the main. But they would all be considered Tom Holland movies as well, right? No, just the or, main okay. Spider-Man movies. <laughs> all right, let's see how we do on this. We all have secrets, the ones we keep, and the ones that are kept from us. Oh gosh, coming out with a whammy. <laughs> um, ooh, that's a good one. I mean, none of them are are hitting me. As a, as a possible lead on on that one, um, I'm uh, I'm uh, all right. Say it one more time for me. We all have secrets, the ones we keep, and the ones that are kept from us. I'm gonna guess Andrew Garfield. Yes. Woo! Wow, I was sweating it there. <laughs> I was sweating. It, I gotta admit. Well, I will say I think that is the one Spider-Man storyline where he learns that there's been secrets kept from him. Yeah, but particularly with his parents and, right. and, and their affiliation, what their real jobs were and so forth. Okay. Wait a minute. You guys aren't the real Avengers. I can tell. Hulk gives it away. <laughs> Tom Holland. Yes. <laughs> All right. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, that's going to be the original Tommy McGuire one. Yeah. The famous Uncle Ben line. Can you summon an army of spiders? Ooh. I'm going to guess Tom Holland. Yes. Who, who asked that question, by the way? I would have to look that back up, because this huh. is a long time since I wrote my notes. Okay. <laughs> but I assume he asks that to... Oh, no, no. I bet his friend asked it. The, the guy that wanted to be the, the computer guy. I bet he asked Okay, that. yeah. Sounds like it. Okay. So we have a conversation going. Peter Parker, you don't trust anyone. That's your problem. J. Jonah Jameson. I trust my barber. Well, that gives away, because really there's only one Spider-Man universe that has J. Jonah Jameson, 
which is the Tobey Maguire, because he never made an appearance in the Andrew Garfield one. He didn't. Yeah, there, there, there was no J. Jonah oh, okay. Jameson character. There was there was some news, newspaper from the Daily Bugle, but yeah. there was they they never showed the editor. <sighs> He's such a fun character. J.K. Simmons does an awesome job with him. So, I guess with you not realizing that, you made that one way too easy. I did. <laughs> but good job. Really? You seriously think I'm a cop? Cop in a skin-tight red and blue suit? Uh, that'd be Andrew Garfield, definitely. Yeah. Listen, I know school sucks. I know you want to save the world, but you're not ready yet. Okay, obviously not spoken by Peter Parker. Uh, say that one more time. Listen, I know school sucks. I know you want to save the world, but you're not ready yet. I'm going to guess Tom Holland. Yes. Okay. Probably spoken by his buddy again. I think that would be spoken by Tony, Park, oh, Tony, Tony Stark. Tony Stark, okay. yeah. Because yeah. he just wants him to be a neighborhood. Well, I, didn't say, I didn't say which buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Peter Parker. No father, no mother, no uncle. You're all alone. Oh, I'm going to go with uh, the original. Nope. No? This one is from the Andrew Garfield saga. Read that one again? Poor Peter Parker. No father, no mother, no uncle. You're all alone. Okay. <laughs> Who spoke that one? Again, I, have to, I would have to look that hmm. back up again. Okay. You should get this one. The itsy bitsy spider climbed up the water spout. Toby McGuire. Down came the goblin and took the spider out. <laughs> Good job. I think you, no matter what, you still get to keep your spider. I only right. missed one question, but yeah. Yeah. And That's they may cool. have been a little tough. It's been a while since we've watched some of these. And now, Corey, it is time for our picks of the week. Okay, and what theme are we going on for the picks of the week? Well, we decided that... Because we've already talked all about these superhero movies and, you know, try to pick another superhero movie that wouldn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense. So similar to what we did, I think, for Endgame, is we're going to go back to where these actors kind of first came on our radar. Gotcha. So I'm a, I'll am talk about Tom Holland's. Okay. And for Tom Holland, that would be The Impossible. And this is a really cool movie. It stars Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts. And then there's another... And, and Tom Holland plays their son, and there's another person, another kiddo who's their son. I just don't remember who he I, is. I've only seen bits and pieces. I mean, I haven't seen the whole movie in one sitting. So. And this is a story of a real family that yeah. was part of the the tsunami disaster. Yeah, the tsunami disaster, and they're at a resort, and the tsunami hits, and they kind of all somewhat get dispersed. Yeah, get um, separated. Yeah. I think the father, Ewan McGregor, he's with the youngest son. And then the mother, I think she ends up somewhere, but she quickly connects with the older son, which is Tom Holland in the movie. And I think the movie focuses a lot on them. And oh my goodness, they have such a treacherous trek <laughs> back to civilization because everything's been wiped away. Yeah. And Naomi Watts is just beaten up, and she's trying so hard to make sure her son stays okay. And, and of course, he's also kind of being a little bit of a preteen and an, somewhat annoyed, but also just trying to make sure everyone stays well and healthy, too. But it's just so amazing that they're able to all find each other. It's like it was... And survive. It's like it should have been impossible. Yeah. Hence <laughs> the movie, The Impossible. 
So for Jake Gyllenhaal, since he was the villain of the yes. Far From Home movie, what is our movie for him? Well, I've been a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal movies. Mm-hmm. And one of his first movies, the movie that I love, I, I watch all the time, which is October Sky. Mm-hmm. Which is based on a true story of these high school students that are in high school in this uh, out in the middle of nowhere mining town where almost any kid that graduates from the school just goes to become a miner. And this is uh, one story of the rare occurrence when these kids were able to do something a little bit more above and beyond to kind of get out of that scenario. And they, they, they come become little high school rocket scientists. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember, was this one based on a true story? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the, the main one goes on to a twerk for NASA. Okay. So, and I think yeah. it also has Chris Cooper. He plays yeah, the dad. Yeah, love Chris Cooper. Love almost everything that he's done. Two great movies. Yeah, kind definitely of at check the, them out. The start of a career, or start of the career for these two actors. So definitely check them out. Now let's talk about the movies that are coming out that we're interested in. When we saw Far From Home, there were quite a few previews with that movie, and some of them we've already talked about. Yeah, but the so one... we don't like talking about previews twice, normally. Yeah, unless there's something new to talk about. Yes. But with this one, we wanted to mention just a few things, or a couple, and that is Midway, which looks like it's, you know, the World War II Battle of Midway. It definitely looks... Maybe perhaps a bit more action than historical accuracy. I'm not exactly sure. It looks I was like, well, how did you know? Was you, were you there? I know, I know. <laughs> it, it looks fun. Um, Ed Skrein, if, I say, if I'm saying his name right, it looks like he's one of the main actors in the film. And I do like him. He was Francis and Deadpool. Because uh, just as a side note, I mean, the beginning of Saber, Saber Fight Ryan seemed awfully action heavy. But I think yeah. they, they, they took... Um, when they uh, interview people who were there on the beach of Normandy on D-Day, it's like, oh, it'll, it'll still worse than that, you know? <laughs> right. Well, and I guess I should try to clarify that when I say more action, maybe like eye candy action versus non-fiction looking action. Well, Norway, that's defined by unrealistic physics. I don't know. To me, it just didn't look as real. Like, Saving Private Ryan looks real. It almost oh, yeah. looks like documentary footage yeah whereas seeing yeah, the previews from midway it didn't it just doesn't quite look it looks more yeah. like pearl harbor like it, it was romantic. like i even thought it was a like the action film. was romanticized a little bit maybe maybe yeah. or you know i don't know it just didn't look it just looked like it's trying to be more blockbuster than dramatic hmm. maybe okay but we'll see yeah i don't i've only seen previews so it also has one of my favorite guys patrick wilson he's in it too you're so, already Patrick Wilson fan. So it's on it's on our radar. Another preview we saw and it looked interesting. Um it, which is the Charlie's Angels reboot. Yeah, I was kind of I was I'm like, already? <laughs> <laughs> so this one I um I remember at least two of the Charlie's Angels. We have Kristen Stewart, and then we also have I think her name is Naomi Scott. She was the she was Jasmine in the live action Aladdin. And then there's, an, of course, the third one, but I can't remember exactly who okay. is playing the third one. It looks like it should be fun. Hopefully, they'll do a great job with it. I mean, even the, you know, Cameron Diaz, Charlie's Angels, those were just, they're fun movies. They're not necessarily supposed to be too, like, taken too seriously by any means. <laughs> by no means. <laughs> yeah. So, hopefully, it'll Charlie's just... Angels in itself, by no means, is to be taken seriously. <laughs> yeah. So, hopefully, it will just be fun. And yeah. that's what we're looking for. I think my favorite part was uh, the, uh, that the original was uh, Crispin Glover. <laughs> oh. <Was laughs> that like thin the... man or whatever. <laughs> 
course, you know, I've just still been a fan of his ever since Back to the Future. So it was nice to see him coming back in something else. Yeah. So those those movies, they're coming out that we're interested in. I was also going to give a shout out. We haven't actually seen the preview like in a theater, but I'm really excited for Scary Stories that'll be coming out this weekend. Mainly because it's Guillermo del Toro and we're big Guillermo del Toro fans. And I'm a big fan of these stories. I grew up with them. I had the books and things of that nature. So and you recently rebought the books. I know because I was <laughs> we're, we're supposed to do a little campfire and talk and have you know share these little stories and whatnot. And I went on my bookshelf to buy my books and I couldn't find it. So it's like, well, I guess I will go get them. So <laughs> problem and, solved. Yeah. Yay for Amazon. Actually, it was Barnes and Noble. <gasps> oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they had a really good deal, so I got the books. So I will be ready for the movie when we get to a chance to go see it. And now it is time for a side of bacon. Mmm, bacon. Now I gotta say, I was I was really worried for a long time on this one. Ever since our last recording, which it seemed like it's been a while, I was really nervous for a while because shortly after that recording, you you got your two movie link pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Seemed like, and man, and. All this time, I've been I've just been stewing, and I I could not get anything shorter than a three. I, I was like, I was trying hard and hard. I kept coming to Vin Diesel. I was like, oh, no, we don't do voices. He didn't even do any motion capture for Groot, so really wouldn't be allowed to use him. And you used the other actor that was possible to be used from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it seemed like. And so I, I was having a real... <laughs> So, being a Marvel fan, I was having a really hard time branching out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to make this link work. <laughs> and it seemed like at the last minute, I was scrolling through actors in a certain movie, I was like, whoa, he was in this movie. And it was like, oh, and light shone, light bulb turned on and made the connection. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we'll have you go first. Since you would have taken one that would have likely have been mine originally. <laughs> well, just to clue our listeners okay. in. yeah. If you remember from last episode, we are connecting Dave Bautista to... Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, to Barry Pepper. So I have Dave Bautista to Josh Brolin in... I'm going to go with Infinity Wars. Okay. And so Josh Brolin played Thanos. And I think that fully counts because he was physically acting. He just had the motion capture. Oh, yeah. It was definitely more than just voice yeah. acting for him. It, yeah. yeah, it was not just, yeah. It was for Vin Dizzy, no. Vin Dizzy only does voice acting. There's no <laughs> motion capture for it for Bruton. <laughs> so, and then Josh Brolin was in tr- the remake of True Grit with Barry Pepper. Which is a very good movie. Yeah, they're de- it was definitely very good. So that is my two-movie connection. Okay, so... so. Yeah. Now, you with your light bulb shining, what is your team? Well, I will still hand the wind over to you since you got it like, <laughs> seemed almost, you know, I mean, it seemed like weeks before I got mine. It took me forever. You know, you got off the bat. So, yeah, I'll definitely give you the win on this one. But I'm going with Dave Batista to Vin Diesel and Riddick, which is the third movie in the Riddick series. First mm-hmm. one, of course, being. Uh, Pitch, Pitch Black. Black. Second one being the Chronicles Riddick. And the third Riddick movie was just called Riddick. And uh, Dave Bautista was one of the uh, Bounty Hunters. So there's that one. And then we're going from Vin Diesel to Barry Pepper in the movie we've also recently mentioned, Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Which is a, an amazing film. Yes. And I think one of the really cool things and aspects of that film, of course, there's the, the historical drama and accuracy and things of that nature and enlightening us as we're watching it. 
but each of those characters had such a unique personality. Barry Pepper was the sniper, and Vin Diesel, ever, I can't remember what his specialty was necessarily, but again, they all had really unique personalities, and it was just, it was just really cool to watch, just to, because I think they, they represented then, of course, all sorts of different types of soldiers, and the w different walks of life they all came from. There, you know, when, when that movie came out, there was almost a, a movement that was happening of grandfathers taking the grandsons, probably possibly even without the knowledge of their, of their parents knowing, taking them to this movie because they wanted the grandsons to know what it was like. And, this, and they said, this is the closest thing you're going to get to know what it was like at that war. Hmm. You know, so, I mean, it, it was a pretty moving event for, for, for people in general when that movie came out. Yeah. And, you know, how many other movies can you say where a whole bunch of granddads were taking a whole bunch of the grandsons to the movie to... <laughs> <laughs> There's just not too many movies that spawns that kind of a uh, reaction, you know. Yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely one of those milestone movies of life. Yeah. So, do you have your bacon for this week? Ooh, let's see. Yes, I do. <laughs> I I'm not gonna go with Tom Holland because that'd be too obvious. But I'm gonna go with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. So you're going to go with Jake. I will pull from one of the previews that we watched. Okay. So I'm going to go with Patrick Wilson since he was in the Midway, or he's going to be in the Midway movie. Okay. And that was one of the previews that we have so seen. So don't check any quick five second connection. Not that I can think of. So, okay, it's a go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always got to think of, you know, you know, to make sure that there's no super easy connection, you know. All right. So we have Jake Gyllenhaal to... Patrick Wilson. One of my favorite actors, too. One of your favorite actors. Mm -hmm. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal is also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Patrick Wilson's been in a lot of movies that I really like. You know, uh, I loved him in The, the Watchmen. I also loved him in the Insidious series, which mm -hmm. is one of my favorite, you know. Insidious and, Con oh, yeah, and then Conjuring. Yeah. Gord, you, you seem to lean, you know, you leaned more towards Conjuring. I leaned a little bit more towards the Insidious here, but, but I do enjoy them both, for sure. <laughs> no matter what, we both lean toward that whole concept. Yes, we do. They're so great. See? <laughs> So thanks for listening to Movie Show. And if you would, click that subscribe button. And if you're listening on your Apple device, leave a rating and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And be sure to check our show notes page for links to the trailers of the movies that we talked about. And of course, our bacon reminders. So we'll catch you next time, you guys. Bye. Bye-bye.